0: It's my pleasure to invite Steve Richardson to join uh, me this morning, and uh, for those of you who are with us on our weekend away, you've already met Steve, but if you weren't, this is Steve. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we're going to interview Steve this morning, and uh, we've done rigorous preparation uh, in the form of some questions... But really, my hope is that Steve will, um, Steve will just speak as he feels led. Um, Steve, why don't we begin, again, particularly for those who weren't able to be with us on the weekend away, why don't we begin with sort of a bit of bio, as they like to call it. So why don't you tell us a bit about yourself?
1: Okay. I'm, uh, as you can see, I'm an old bloke. <laughs> um, uh, my, my career was teaching. And I retired from teaching a couple of years ago about the same time uh, COVID shut everything down. I was also in the process of shutting everything down by retiring, and uh, have been kind of on sabbatical, uh, sort of a forced sabbatical since then um, and uh, not really sure kind of what my story was and uh, in that time and in that season, uh, some of the water from the temple leaked out of the door there on Mansfield Road and made its way through YouTube all the way to Oregon on the west coast of America. And I was sort of drawn into this community through praise and through teaching and just felt really connected with it. And so kind of from my my quiet woods, I've uh, I've ended up here. I, I kind of want to uh, let's honor the comms team. I mean, I'm here because of the website, and I'm here because of the live stream, and I'm here because also that the leadership of the church said this is important. We have to keep in connection any way we can, and it's just some of it slipped away from you <laughs> and made it to Oregon. So,
0: and I suppose as a, real, a result of that, you started you started praying for us, didn't you? Right. <clears throat>
1: Yeah, um, I mean, it is a little weird to be worshiping with people you don't know. And it feels a little like kind of lurking, you know, (laughs) kind of creepy. Um, And I didn't want to be a creep. So I decided to, uh, when the 24 seven prayer week started, I thought this is a way where I can both participate in the church and show off how holy I am by taking the 3 a.m. slot which is only 7 p.m. where I am. <laughs> so I took a few of those slots and started praying for the church. And uh, so in addition to worshiping, I began interceding. And, and really, I think kind of the word God said is, okay, you've put your foot in it now. And that once I had kind of gone through that door to start praying for the church, I was stuck <laughs> on the other side of the door. You know, it's like those security doors at the airport. Once you go through, that's it. You're not going back to get your phone, you know. And it's, it's felt a bit like that.
0: So. And I, at one stage, I mean, just keeping with that theme, I invited you to come on the weekend. Initially, you didn't give me a response. God had said something to you about that, hadn't he?
1: Yeah, <laughs> at, the, at the end of that first week of praying, he, he just said, listen, if they, well, I'll back up a little bit. One of the reasons I, I did send like kind of some of the notes, when I was praying in that week, um, often when I intercede, the way I pray is just with metaphors and God will just give me an image to pray. And I don't even quite know what it's connected to. I can guess sometimes, but often it's just like, okay, you gotta put shoes on the horse or something stupid like that. But I know that the shoes on the horse are connected to something else somewhere in the world. And so I'll just go ahead and pray the metaphor and not worry about it but when I was praying for Trinity the metaphors were like off the charts they were just they felt so outside of my own imagination um, that I started just writing them down and and then I asked normally I don't even bother about an in, interpretation because I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm an old bloke. And who, who has the energy to figure everything out anymore? So, <laughs> so I just kind of would go with it. But this time, I thought, I need to be able to figure this out a little bit. And so I, pr- I also kind of prayed for some interpretation of those things, too. And then t- took the step of just sending that by email to Johnny. And <laughs> This is funny, because I did that in part because it's like, I'm never going to see these people. <laughs> It gave me a little bit of freedom to go ahead and step out on a limb because there was really no risk. There's no way I'm going to end up in Nottingham. (laughs) But at the end of that week, and as I was kind of putting those notes together, God said, if they call you, if he invites you to come, you go. I don't care how it fits into your plans. I don't know if you ever had these moments with God where he's just a little rude, (laughs) you know, just a little pushy. It was one of those moments where it was like, okay, I knew that was him because he was kind of being pushy. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: And so here so, I am. And so here you are. Here you are. I mean, I, it'd be great to get into maybe what God did show you. I mean, some of those images, some of those metaphors yeah. and such.
1: Yeah, shared some of these at the weekend, away and I'll I'll, I'll just kind of hit sort of some of the big themes. Um, there's a lot of water imagery with this church, a lot of water leaking out through the doors, but not just leaking out through the doors, but gushing out through the doors and, and just flooding the streets. I, 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 I see that water not just kind of washing things away, but just washing, like washing the dirt away and cleaning, but also transforming stones being turned into glass and then being swept away and then it's open ground. You know, kind of a returning, uh, not, re- not returning, but a reclaiming of the land, because it's always God's land, but he wants it back. And so there's an awful lot of sort of undoing the culture that has been developing and growing here, the layers and layers upon culture, from the Picts and the Romans on up. You know, there's so much worldliness placed in place here, and it was really about washing all of that away and just you know having more playtime during school i think is kind of (laughs) what it is Um, so there is a lot of that of just water flowing through the i prayed so much for the doors downstairs that the doors would open and the people would come out that the doors would open and people would come out to serve um there was kind of one of my favorite ones was just jesus filling all these little cups full of punch some kind of a punch. I don't know what it is. I've never quite figured it out, because I want to kind of say like champagne, but it doesn't seem quite right. Um, Anyway, some sort of punch, just filling these cups and then sending people out on trays, you know, just all these cups out on trays. And not caring whether the punch knocks the cups over or not, not caring if it spills on the sidewalk, just sending it out, kind of flinging it out into the city, come back, filling up again, flinging on out into the city. And as he does so, those cups that are willing, and this is key, that are willing to receive that, that are open to it, they become bigger, and they wow. become better. They, they, instead of like paper cups, and tin cups, and, and kind of broken mugs, and cracked mugs, and all that, they're golden, and they're thermo thermoflasks <laughs> because they're like, they're like insulated, so that they have power to absorb the pressure from within, and resist the pressure from without, that they can hold more and more. There's a, there's a transformative power just in doing the work that's poured into them. So that, that's, I'm trying to think if there were any other kind of big ones, but those were sort of the big ones. It's, and it's, it's all about getting out of this building. Lovely as it is to have this building, it's all about not being content with being filled in the building. It's about taking the juice out there, doing the work out there. So that, that has been my prayer since that week, and it's been my prayer all the time. I pray so often, just pour healing into Nottingham. You know, make them all healers. Uh, You know, do the work.
0: The work is a a phrase, isn't it, that seems to really resonate for you and has an in prayer. What what do you mean by
1: the work? Exactly. (laughs) 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 I don't know. Like... Um,
0: it, you it's, were saying to me earlier, that's not a metaphor.
1: Yeah. No, no, it's the, the work, doing the work is is really being Jesus. Um, I, I think it, I mean, one way to summarize it is just, you know, Jesus kind of shows me this. this church is a vehicle of communication for him. He wants to speak to the world through this church. And the only thing he wants to say is, I love you. Follow me or don't follow me. I love you. And so how do you say i love you to people you do the work it's what he pours into you and it's different for all of you i mean this is where we have the advantage on on even the palestine jesus is look how many of us we are look how varied we are he was one man look at how many are here and what the holy spirit poured into jesus the holy spirit can pour into you all you have to do is say Okay, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it's really all it is. You give him an inch, he'll take a mile. And, and, and even if you want that and you're afraid of that, it's just saying, I'll try. I'm willing to try. That's enough. And he'll pour it in. And then whatever you carry out it's saying, I love you. If you're helping to undo poverty in any small way, any large way, that's I love you you know when you're taking food to people it's I love you when you're playing soccer with people it's I love you when you've got a burden on your heart and you know you have to pray for children in that particular grade school when you accept that and you pray for them that's you saying I love you even if you never talk to those children you never see them you're still saying I love you to them and and God's going to honor that and bring that out into the city and that's how we get rid of 2,500 years of civilization that's how we turn things upside down and 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 Reclaim this land for him.: Yeah
0: Before you share what you have to share with us this morning, I want to yeah. get into a bit of your story because you gave him an inch at some point, yeah. and not just with Trinity, but even going back a few years. Uh, do you want to tell us what you're clearly an intercessor, you've mm-hmm. been the yeah, evidence is clear from our staff team of the last week or so, the sort of prophetic wreckage you've left behind you. <laughs> it has been amazing to witness Um, when did you when did God call you into this
1: well I I was raised in a church, a good church and and it was a good good foundation in a Christian home, good foundation but I don't think it didn't really become real until high school and in high school in those years I decided that you know, religion was all bollocks. Did yeah. I use that correctly? That
0: is how to use that okay. correctly. That's very accurate. Okay, well done. Okay. Perfect. Well um, said.
1: Okay, we'll we'll okay we'll debrief afterwards. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, they,
0: most of them seem to like it.
1: Okay. Well, I misused quid the other day. Yeah. Like I said no, it's a non-count noun, and yeah. anyway, I had eight quids. Didn't one? Okay. Anyway, uh, okay, so anyway, I thought religion was was not, you know, it was just, it didn't matter what religion you had. You needed to have some religion as a framework for your life. And since I'd been raised with Christianity, I might as well go with that, you know, because then I wouldn't have to learn Buddhism or anything like that. Just too much work, even at then. Um, And it was actually in that taking religion more seriously and taking what I'd been taught more seriously that it began to become more real. And in, my mother's quite an intercessor and she's, she's got a touch of the prophet and uh, talking with her just about this this Holy Spirit and how how do you interact with the Holy Spirit? How does that happen? Because you can take the Bible and draw whatever conclusion you want, basically. So how do I know which one to draw? And then that's where the Holy Spirit comes in, and so that's kind of where the journey of sort of hearing hearing God and interacting with God and trying to be led by God and trying to understand the Bible with the Holy Spirit and all that kind of stuff started. And it's been you know not not great. It gets it's uh, I mean it's a it's a long entangled story, and um, and. It's, it's, all, it's just all over the map. I mean, there have been just amazing, wonderful, miraculous times, and also just horrible, horrible mistakes that, that have maimed people for life, you know. So it's, it, there's, there's all of that joy and all of that grimness that goes with being human, you know. Um, and early in that time, though, um, there are a couple things that just, I mean, promises. And and one of the promises I talked about this a little bit the weekend away. One of the promises God said is that I would be a great man of words. And um, and I took that to mean a rich and famous writer, you know, after the conventional mold. And I and I dedicated my life to that. I mean, I I studied writing, I studied literature. I threw myself away on an English degree that would never pay, and I didn't care because I just wanted to write so desperately and to fulfill that thing. And it's a lot easier now to look back at that and see that um, I was just trying to not be myself. I wanted to sort of invent myself as a, a famous writer instead of be myself in whatever God intended. I just wanted to kind of be out of my life and be out of my frustration and sorrows and disappointments and kind of be invented as a really rich writer, really rich. I think famous, I've always said famous writer, but I think I just meant rich. Yeah. Um, like I did. it would be okay for me to be unknown and rich. <laughs> um, so, so there was that, and there was that promise and, and really launched me Uh, For many, many years, I studied writing, uh, and then I I pursued a master's degree with it, and then somewhere in the middle of that master's degree, I realized I could teach instead of be a camp director, which would be a little less energy, I thought, so it'd be easier to do. (laughs) So that started my teaching career, and that was, again, through a series of miracles. I had no business getting full-time work with a creative writing degree. It's like the flimsiest English degree. And yet here I am, you know, with a pension (laughs) after all these years through the grace of God. Um, But I've never been successful with writing. I have rejection slips from some of the most prestigious magazines in America. Um, And and handwritten ones, personal ones, encouraging ones, send us more, that kind of thing. Nobody ever took anything. I never cracked into that. And it was almost like, yeah, you've got ability, but no, you're... That's, I had the wrong goal, I had the wrong dream, and that finally died um, when I was much older than you, by the way, much older. Um, I was not even a youngish adult at that point. <laughs> I was an oldish adult, <laughs> and I just had to give it up and die, and, um, and yet God, the promise was still there in front of me that I, that, uh, I would be a great man of words. And I, and I, I don't know, it was honestly, it's is embarrassing, but it was in my 40s when I realized that he might not mean writer in any conventional sense. And look at it, man of words coming from God, how can I have arrived at the conclusion that he meant rich writer? You know, it's just out of my own neediness, but somehow my neediness died and I could just sort of sit with that. And again, nothing happened for 15 years, but at least there was sort of a, a, I could put that to rest. And in coming, in, in praying and in, then in having these intercessory images that ended up being prophetic, much to my surprise. And then in later, more words coming through prayers for this church and sharing those with the, the team here and then, and then also just praying for individuals in kind of times of transition or, or anxiety and having more to share. Through that process, God has been gently opening the door to um, becoming a man of words and it was the weekend away was the first time I ever accepted that mantle in just sharing God's words for for this church and I could, I've, I've told this to others, I could feel kind of the earth pivot underneath my feet for me. It was very much like when I held my first granddaughter and I just felt myself become an elder I mean I felt myself change to the core of me in that moment and I felt the same way in in front of this family a week ago and this week as I've met with others and prayed with others and just kind of gone with it you know because what are the odds I'll ever be back here (laughs) Right? (laughs) increasing all the time wrong answer Um, (sighs) Anyway, just in meeting with people and praying with people and having people pray over me, and this place is crawling with prophets. Yeah, you are sick okay. with prophets. Okay. Um, the, there's just been so much confirmation of that, and, and not even confirmation of that, but outward expansion of that, and uh, for which I, I will be grateful for the rest of my days. So, wow. so
0: Does beautiful. that answer
1: your question? It feels yeah. like I may have gone astray.
0: That will do. That will okay. Are you carrying something for us today? I do. Brief musical interlude.
1: (laughs) All right. This one is kind of speaking into the John 14.6. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus says that. And... You have to hear that from the modern context, who is Jesus now? His body was put on the cross and put in the grave and resurrected and taken out of here. So if nobody comes to the Father except through me, who's the me now? And the verses that follow talk about how the Father is in Jesus. If you see Jesus, you see the Father and that Jesus is in us. And so what that verse is really saying is nobody comes to the Father except through us now. That's how God chooses to do his work. And yes, Jesus can go directly. So it's us, Jesus, and all of us. And he can intervene directly. and, And I know many of you have stories of that direct intervention that brings you to the Father. But many more of you have stories of that indirect intervention where the us got to you, where a person brought you to the Father because Jesus was in that person. Jesus was that person. And it's really important to take that seriously, that us. Think of the weight that's on your responsibility to be his body. Not in any metaphoric sense, but I mean your body is his body physically in the world. And he wants this world, not in a metaphoric sense. He doesn't want sort of a spiritual... Religion land, and then secular land can be over there, and commercial land can be over there, and Disneyland, all that. Okay, he wants it all. He wants the actual ground in Nottingham. Wow. He wants the actual literal streets. He wants to walk on those streets. He wants to clean them up. He wants to lift up the head of the woman. He wants to reach out and heal actual people with your actual body so nobody gets to the father except through us that's the first word the other two have to do with our self-image because when you hear that except for us you think well yeah except for them i mean that's a great band worship is good we have we have wonderful leadership here and um, it's, like, it's like if you're at a soccer match and you're watching the two 11s on the pitch. Thank you. You're in the stadium. Is it a stadium? Okay, you're in the stadium and you're watching it and you're a part of it, right? That's your team. And you're cheering for them. And you feel a part of it. That's us, right? That's, you know, we are... Man United. <laughs> you're, you're so easy to play you. Um, <laughs> so we, we are. I mean, there is that we feeling, right? Okay. And that can happen in church. It all too often happens in church. You're really excited about the leadership. You're really excited about youth ministry and what's going on and the people who are serving here. And you want to support them and you pray for them. And that's great. And cheer them on. Yes. And tithe. Yes, you really do have to do all of those things. But things are different now. You're in a new season, and this is what God has for you. Okay, the us. He says, that's not everyone who's sitting here, but it's a lot of you. It's the most of you. Everyone who trusts in him, everyone who's given Jesus his life, his or her life, that's the most of you. And it's to you that I say Come, come out of your seats and into my streets. Claim this land, claim the actual ground for me. Do this thing that I have in mind for you. And that's you plural or y'all. And it's you singular. What is it that God is putting inside you now for you individually to do? And what is it that he's pouring into groups of you? And what is it that he's pouring into all of you? OK, all you have to do is say, OK, that's all you have to do. He's right there with a the pitcher of juice or punch or cider. It's kind of golden and white. Anyway, it's, that's that, the work. Any openness at all. You don't have to be holy. You don't have to be trained. You don't have to be ordained. You just have to say, OK, I guess. You don't even have to say, OK, just say, I suppose, OK? That's all it takes, any bit of openness. This is a season where he's ready to honor anything like that, anything that looks like obedience. He's just going to pour that juice in. It's going to make a mess. It's going to break you up. You're going to fall over. You're going to spill it. It's going to be, you know, all these things are going to happen. It's going to go sideways. There will be problems. You will learn as you go. But just any openness at all, just come on, get out of those seats. Let's get out there. Come on to the pitch. And, it, and it's kind of like that, okay? You've got spiritual contention going on when you're watching a soccer match. It's There's a contender, you know. There's opposition. And you know that. You see that. But here's, again, our advantage. You're not limited to your leadership here. You don't have to let them do the fighting for you. You don't have to let the prayer giants in this congregation do all the work for you. You can take some off, off of their shoulders, free them up for bigger stuff even. But just imagine if the whole stadium came down. And let's say that it was Man City that we're supporting, and they were playing Man U. Just think if instead of 11 on 11, it was 500 on 11. Just think of what the score would be. They would run in terror. You'd be more too much for them. And that's, it again, you are too much for the opposition here. You are too much, but you just have to get out of your seat. So that's, that's the word I have for you today. And the last, the last two, the Zechariah one, I don't know that we'll spend much time with those, but in, in John and Zechariah, I, I, that phrase, who dares despise the day of small things? That, I think, is a really strong thing to keep in mind. When you hear that come and you think, not me, I'm too small, I'm too weak. Uh-uh, you know? If God has laid a foundation in you, he will complete it. You are not too small. Who dares despise the day of your starting on this journey? Who dares despise your being here today? Who dares despise your, I suppose so? You know? Don't let it be you, okay? It's real. Anything good starts small. Anything good starts small. From a child on up, anything good starts small. And that can be you. So. Judge correctly. Don't judge by mere appearances. There you go.